Hey Connect, thanks for jumping online with us this morning. We're grateful for a platform like this that gives us an opportunity to still gather together even when we're not able to be in the same location all at the same time. This morning we're going to hear from our lead pastor, Dave Jane, as he continues the series we've been in entitled An Open Door. And at the same time, he's also going to respond to the situation we are in right now as a global community. You're also going to find a link below to a Spotify playlist. It's a playlist filled with some of our favorite worship songs. We would encourage you to let those songs play this morning while you are praying and reflecting on God's goodness. But before we get into the message, let me take an opportunity to tell you about what's coming up here at Connect. Tonight from 5 to 6 p.m., we're going to be hosting our prayer meeting here at the church. We would invite you to come out and join us as we gather in the auditorium to pray for the needs of our local community as well as needs that have arisen during this season we are all facing. Even though we're not meeting together in person, we still want to give you an opportunity to worship God through your giving. We're so grateful for the many families who support the mission of this church through their faithful generosity. Currently, about two-thirds of our giving every month comes in the form of online donations. If you're a family who gives through that means, you're going to find the link below so that you can make your donation there. If you prefer to write out a check, you're also going to find the mailing address where you can have your check sent. And again, we want to say thank you for supporting the mission as we connect our community to Christ together. So now, let's hear from our lead pastor, Dave Jane, as he continues the series, an open door. Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, Connect Church. We're actually uh, in a series right now called The Open Door. And we started last week, and it's talking all about the idea that uh, God has put us in a place where we can reach our friends and our neighbors who don't yet know Jesus. So last, year, last week, we talked about this. We talked about the fact that God has a great big heart. He, he, he wants to have a relationship with people who don't yet have a relationship with him. And it's like there's a door in our lives and he just wants that door to be open so that he can come in and be a part of our lives. We started out last week talking about our responsibility as followers of Jesus to help people find their way to that door and then to encourage people to open that door because the reality is only they can open the door. Only they can ask Jesus into their lives. We can model Jesus in our lives and we can even tell them about Jesus, but it takes them opening the door to ask Jesus into their lives. This week, I was planning on talking about uh, the first step in how we can do that. It was going to be talking all about prayer and how we can pray for our friends and pray that they would know that God uh, loves them, pray for opportunities to be able to speak to our friends. I had a great message ready. I'm, well, I had a message ready, but um, I had this message all ready that would have fitted perfectly with this theme that we're in on the open door. But obviously, right now, those friends of ours who we want to discover Jesus the way we have, there's really just one thing on their minds right now. In fact, the truth is, there's, there's really only one thing on most of our minds and our Facebook feeds right now. And that is the fact that there is this, this health crisis, this health scare that isn't just affecting us locally, that isn't just affecting the United States as a country, but the entire planet, the entire globe. This is a very unique situation that we face. And not only that, but we face this situation in a day and age where we are more connected to one another locally and globally than ever before. 
So the benefit of that is we have more access to information than we've ever had in our lifetimes. The negative to that is that we have more access to information than we've ever had in our lifetimes. So we are constantly being bombarded with this and it can create this, this, this panic, this hysteria. So in talking about how it is that we can tell our friends who don't know Jesus that God loves them so much that he has a plan for their lives, I think rather than talk about the, the subject I was going to speak about this morning, how we should be praying for our friends, I want to talk about how we, as followers of Jesus, should respond and react, how we should navigate our way through this, these challenging times that are unfolding in front of us, how we as the church can be the church in this time, because I think that's what's going to make a difference. That's what's going to reach those friends of ours who, who don't yet know Jesus. That's the, the message that they want to hear. They want to see how we as followers of Jesus are handling this situation. So as we talk about this whole idea of the, the coronavirus, or uh, the correct term I think is COVID-19, I felt like I wanted to um, address this subject this morning as the lead pastor of Connect Church. Now some of you may be surprised to hear this this morning, but I'm not a doctor Okay, I'm not uh, any kind of doctor, let alone a medical doctor. Okay, if I'm sick or if I have something going on, I'm on YouTube trying to figure out you know, how, to, how to fix it. So you don't want to come to me for medical advice. So you're not going to hear from us as a church in the coming weeks how we think you should respond from a medical point of view. I suggest you um, find a source that you find reliable and trustworthy, maybe a, um, somebody you who trust, and, and look to those uh, places to find out information and how we should move forward. But I do feel a responsibility as the pastor of Connect Church to maybe give some advice and some counsel today and in the weeks to come on how we as followers of Jesus should respond to this, how we as the church should respond to what's going on in the world today. So I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been praying about this a lot and the one thing I do know as I step into this message this morning is that I'm able to stand on some truth that I believed a year ago, that I will still believe a year from now and that just because we're in the middle of this, this crisis right now, that truth hasn't changed. I stand with the psalmist in Psalm 62, verse 7, who said, My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Throughout the Psalms and the Bible, often God's referred to as the rock. And I love that image of God because I've got to be honest, in all my years of following God, that's who he has been to me, a rock. Who, who my life has been built upon, who I stand upon, and whose this foundation has never shaken, has never changed. Through good times and bad, he is the rock. And I believe he'll be the rock for all of us through the coming weeks, months, even years to come. So I want to just suggest this morning three choices that we can make as followers of Jesus this morning. Three choices that we can make as the church. Three choices that if we make these choices will not only impact our community, it'll impact those who, who are in our lives who maybe don't yet know Jesus because they will see him in us as we make these choices. The first choice I wanna just think about this morning is that we have the opportunity to choose faith over fear. We have the opportunity right now to choose faith 
over fear. As followers of Jesus, that is one of the most wonderful gifts that we have. It's this trust that God will be with us. If you, if you just do a search through the Bible, there are so many verses that talk about fear and that we are not to fear, we are not to be anxious. God is our strength. I, I love this one in 2 Timothy. Timothy was uh, one of the disciples, one of the followers of a man named Paul. Paul was one of the followers of a man named Jesus. So, so you know that this has been passed along. And Timothy, um, as Paul is writing to Timothy, he says this. He says, Timothy, I, I know this to be true. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God's not given us a spirit of fear. He's saying, Timothy, you need to understand this. This, this isn't what God has given you. He's given you power, love. One translation has a sound mind. So when fear creeps in, that's not from God. And there's a reason why I called it a choice, because I wish when we became followers of Jesus, it was just a, a switch that was flicked. Fear just disappeared and faith appeared. But the reality is, we have to make that choice every day, don't we? We have to say, God, fill me with your faith. Help me remember I'm standing on the rock. Take away this fear. Help me find the faith that I can only find in you. It's a choice that has to be made. I was thinking about it. Maybe you've been in one of those situations, have you ever been in a team building exercise and they make you do the faith fall? Have you ever done that? Or the trust fall, it's called sometimes. You know, they, they have you stand there with your arms out and they have someone stand behind you and you have to fall back and they're going to catch you. I mean, that person could be talking the entire, I mean, he's like right there. And yet still, when you close your eyes, that, that fear creeps in, doesn't it? Because even though everything's telling you he's there, he'll catch me, there's just something in us that... And I feel like that's how it is. Even as followers of Jesus, it's making that choice to say, God, please fill me with your faith. Let me look back in my life at all the times where I faced fear, but you came through. You were there for me. I was worried about how something would work out. And maybe it didn't even work out the, the way I thought it would work out. But I still can look back and see that you never left me or forsake, forsook me. You were right there with me. It's making that choice to choose faith over fear and praying, saying, God, please help me. I was thinking about, you know, what should be the message that we hold on to at this time. And the second choice I thought of was to choose sharing over hoarding. Choose sharing over hoarding. <laughs> now, here's what I mean by this, okay? It's crazy right now, okay? If you've been out to the stores, if you've seen the pictures, people are buying toilet paper, people are buying sanitizer. I mean, the, the world's gone mad. And I'm not telling you this morning not to stock up. You know, if you need supplies, then that's great. But as followers of Jesus, he's called us to, to have a different kind of posture, hasn't he, in the way we live our lives. In all matters of our lives, in every part of our lives, we are not people who, who hold on tightly Afraid of, of what might happen if we, if we possibly lose some of this. No, he's caused us to have this posture of wanting to see, how can I help others? How can I share? And in a world where, where people are snatching and grabbing and hoarding, I want us as followers of Jesus to, to behave differently. To look for ways to share instead of to hoard. Jesus told a story, didn't he, about a, a good Samaritan it was a parable, but the, the, the point he was trying to make was about what it looks like to care for those who are around you. The Samaritan, he was the least likely person to care 
for this man who was robbed and beaten and left to die at the side of the street. But of all the people to walk by, the Samaritan was the one who stopped and who cared for him and who bandaged his wounds and who took him to safety and who made sure he'd be looked after and cared for. Jesus says, you want to know what it looks like to care for your neighbor? Follow the example of that Samaritan man. I think in the midst of all that's going on right now, we as followers of Jesus should be the ones who are looking for ways to to stop and to care for and to make sure that people are okay and to bandage wounds and to look for and to help get people out of trouble. So I want to tell you some some ideas that Connect has already come up with of ways that I think we can respond in this current situation. This is the plan that we've come up with because let's be honest, Connect Church, we're no stranger to catastrophe. (laughs) I'm going to say that again because that didn't come out right now. We are no stranger to catastrophe, are we, here in Washington, Illinois? We've had our fair shares here as a church of tornadoes and fires and, and difficult things that have happened. But I love that as a church, we've responded, I think, the way Jesus would have us respond. We've looked for ways to help others. We've looked for ways to bless our community. And through all that's going on right now, I don't think it's going to be any different. I think we as a church are going to rise up and we're going to see this as an opportunity to make a difference in the name of Jesus in this community. So already, assuming that the schools were going to close... Our children's workers, Ashley and Whitney, they, they, they got to work and we've started to gather up some supplies and some food and some supplies. We're talking to WIP, which is our local food pantry. We're talking to Snack Pack. Because we know that for the coming weeks when kids are out of school, that's going to be a burden on some of those families. Snack Pack is a wonderful organization. They make these lunches and snacks for kids who come from homes locally where maybe they're struggling to make ends meet and it's just one extra meal they can send home each day with this kid after school. But for the next two or three weeks, those families, those kids won't get those meals. So we're looking for ways that we can still meet those needs. We've talked to other churches and we want the Connect Center to kind of be a hub where people can come and either drop off supplies or food or pick up things that they need. That's just one of the ways we've thought that we can give back through times like this. Next Saturday, we're going to be hosting a blood drive in the parking lot of our building. So the Mississippi Valley Regional Blood Center, they had a blood drive scheduled at a business in Peoria, and it had to be canceled because the corporation decided they didn't want this blood drive taking place at this time. So the Mississippi Valley Blood Drive, they're they're the ones who are responsible for the regional blood needs. So those, those blood draws, they go to our hospitals right here in town. And the guy who runs it, he told me, you know, we we had it cancelled and it's really hard to to just cancel it altogether because we're seeing that the donations are lower than normal. And while this particular virus isn't going to increase the need for blood, the need for blood, just the regular need for blood is still there. And because people are more fearful to leave their homes, we're seeing the supplies deplete. So he said, could we use your parking lot? I said, absolutely. So next Saturday, they'll be here, and uh, from 11 till 3, they'll have the blood drive going on, because we want to give them another opportunity to still do that. We canceled the donuts, 
Because church isn't meeting now on a Sunday morning, we had to cancel our regular order of donuts that comes each week from Ron's Donuts that's a donut store, just a local business right here in Washington. We don't know how long um, it'll be till we meet again. But I want to tell you what we decided as a church. Our leadership came up with this idea. We contacted the donut shop. We said, we need to cancel our order for the next few weeks until we let you know. But would you please keep billing us for the donuts? Because we know that you count on that income. And we know that in times like this, this could affect you. So we're, we had it in the budget anyway. So we're going to keep just paying for those donuts. Because we want to support you and help you as a local business during this time. Those are just a few of the ideas that we've come up with as a church. So, so for those of you listening this morning, you might be thinking, well, how can I be a part of this? How can I get involved? Well, we'll keep telling you about options to donate food, supplies, if, if those needs come. Maybe you can be a part of the blood drive next week. You can come along and donate blood next Saturday. There'll be information online. Maybe you can find a way to support some businesses locally who are going to feel that pinch during this time when people are maybe not going out as much as they were. We've already thought of an idea where you could go to a business and maybe just buy a gift card. Buy a gift card to a local restaurant or to La Fleur or to The Blend or somewhere that normally would be busy so they're still getting some income and you can still use that in the future. There are ways that we as a church can impact our community during this time. We've decided to set up a fund on our giving page. And that fund is a community response fund. And you as a church, you're fantastic. You're just so generous. And you might feel led. Maybe your, your income isn't going to be affected during this time. Your job's still good. Nothing's changing in the way of work where you are. So you might be in a place to give. You might be in a place to give knowing it's going to go to help someone who may not be as fortunate as you are. I want as a church to be able to go to some of these people who are going to be affected by school closings, by not as much people being out and about spending money. I want us as a church to be able to help some of these people locally. So any donation you make to that fund will, will go towards helping people here locally as those needs arrive, arise. Let's be people who are known to choose sharing over hoarding. And then finally, I think the choice we need to make the choice all of us can make as followers of Jesus as Connect Church here this morning is to choose the good over the bad. Choose the good over the bad. And here's, here's what I mean by this. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm so thrilled that we have the technology in place, that I can still communicate this message, that it'll be on the internet for you to watch on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon or during the week. That even though we can't gather as a, a church on a Sunday morning to have a service together, we can still have um, ways through technology and online viewing to still be able to, to have the service. But when it came time to making the decision to cancel our weekend services, it wasn't an easy decision to make. Because I've got to be honest with you, for us as leaders here at Connect, gathering on a Sunday morning, worshiping together, celebrating who God is, seeing our kids in classrooms, learning lessons about how much God loves them and the plan he has for their lives, watching people in the lobby interact with one another and connect with one another, welcoming people, greeting people. Those things are really important parts about what makes Connect Church, Connect Church. 
So to have to cancel that meeting, it was bad. It was a bad thing to have to, to not be able to do this service for the, the coming weeks. But I've got to be honest with you. I woke up on Saturday morning thinking about this first Sunday that we wouldn't be having a service. And I started to get excited. Because I started to get excited thinking about different ways in which God can work through us as a church outside of our regular Sunday morning experience. In fact, it took me back to seven years ago, before we even planted Connect Church. Before we planted Connect Church, uh, we were on this journey, this um, praying and, and getting the grounds ready and preparing to launch Connect Church. It was 2013, and I remember going to a, a class with some other church planters, and they were teaching us some different things about how you plant churches and some of the, the tools to help you plant. I still remember one of the guys talking in that class. And he said, listen, all of you, you're about to become lead pastors of churches in your communities. He said, let me share this analogy with you, because I think this will help the way you lead your churches. And he told us this story. He said, when chess masters, when, when grandmasters of the game of chess, when they're training and teaching students how to play chess... He said, initially, what they'll do is they'll train these people how to play. And they'll show them what each piece does and how it moves around the board and what the role is of every single piece. And then when they're ready to start playing a game, they'll play a game, but they'll take the queen off of the board. Now, if you've ever played chess, you'll know that the, the queen is just the best piece you can have. I mean, the queen, she can go anywhere. She can do everything. She's just not limited at all. So, so the tendency is, when you're learning to play chess, is to lean too heavily on the queen because of how much she can do. So he taught us, he said, that when they're, they're training these, these apprentices, these novices, how to play chess, once the queen is removed, they then have to learn how to, how to battle the enemy, how to take on the opposing player using the remaining pieces. And after a long time, after a while, they, they start to get used to the power that all these other pieces have. And once they fully understood what every other piece can do, then the queen gets reintroduced. Because the queen is still the best piece on the board. But the other pieces are very important as well. He says, your weekend service is your queen. It's the best experience of the week. It's when everyone in church comes together and they worship and they celebrate God but it's not the only piece on the board. And if you rely too heavily on just your weekend service, you'll miss out on all the other things that God has called you to be as a church plant in your community. Seven years ago, I heard that. It still rings as true today. And for the next few weeks, we're losing our queen. We're losing our opportunity to gather together as a church. But I'm so glad that that's, the only, that's not the only thing that makes Connect Church Connect Church. Now we have to kind of look in and say, well, well, what else can we do as a church once this piece is off the board? Small groups. Maybe you're not part of a small group yet. This would be a great time to join a small group. You can go through our website. You can email Andy Brown. But now would be a great time to get involved in a small group. I'm hoping that some of our small groups during this time will meet. Maybe they'll watch the messages online together. It'll be a time for them to, to process things together. I hope our small groups grow during this time. As people miss out on these weekend experiences. 
Maybe this will be a period of time where as a family you'll start a new tradition that even when we come back together to meet on a Sunday morning, that tradition becomes so special to you as a family that you find another time during the week. Maybe it's gathering together and eating or reading a Bible story together. But it creates some time together for you as a family. Instead of you coming and the kids going here and you're here and now you're kind of learning what it looks like to be followers of Jesus together as a family. It could be ways in which we're going to serve our community. I think through this time we're going to see God help us as a church serve our community even more. We're going to be looking for new ways to be the church in the coming weeks. Because we've always, always known that God will work all things together for his good. We're choosing to find the good, not the bad. Because even during some some challenging times, I think God wants to do some great things in us and through us. Let me close out with this last story this morning. I've obviously read a lot this week and people have been posting stuff on Facebook and there's news articles and all sorts of things. But one of the best things I read this week was from a a pastor, a theologian who, who reminded his readers that back in the first and second century, there was a huge outbreak. It was, um, we, we still don't know, historians don't know for sure what the disease was, but whatever it was, it was killing people all over the Roman Empire. Tuberculosis, a plague, whatever it was, it was having a huge impact in the first and second century AD. And this guy in the article, he shared um, some thoughts from a historian at the time. A historian who was documenting the response of the people at this time. And it was remarkable to see the way in which Christians responded. Now we're talking about people who just were brand new Christians, brand new church. This is just a hundred or so years after Jesus himself had lived and died. So the church was brand new, it was in its infancy. But apparently during this time when people were dying, when this plague was was causing so much fear and chaos around the Roman Empire, the Christians were responding differently, this historian said, than the pagans. The pagans were those who who didn't follow Christ. And he said it had a huge impact on society. What was happening was family members in Christian families were getting sick. And the family would stay with them and care for them, even at risk of themselves getting sick. In other families that weren't Christians, if a family member got sick, they were thrown out and left to die. Some of the family members that were being cared for by the Christians recovered. But the impact it had on society, the church started to grow, and people started to comment about the difference in the way that the Christians were responding to this tragedy. When I read that, I said, God, I could focus on the bad, because there's a lot out there. There's a lot of articles, and there's a lot of things that could really take you to some some scary places. I could choose fear, but I'm going to choose faith. I could choose bad, but I'm going to choose good, because I think God wants to use us as the church this time to show our friends who don't know Jesus what it looks like to to stand on the rock in this time, and then what it looks like to serve our community to make a difference.
So I hope you'll join us at Connecting doing this. We'll, we'll continue to post things on social media and on our website. We're trying to create a, a special page just with ideas of things that we can be doing as a church. And I hope you'll look for ways to partner with us and join us as we see this as an opportunity to continue to spread the name of Jesus and impact our community. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, God, that for eternity, Lord, you've been the rock. That as a civilization, we've been through incredible trials over the years. But those who follow Jesus have been light in the darkness, have been salt, have changed the environment in which they live because of their faith in you. Help us, Lord, as Connect Church, as the church of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to find your good in this situation, to find what you want to do to turn this into an opportunity to help others, to make a difference in the lives of others, and ultimately to to connect our community to Christ. We want to be a part of that, Lord. So we ask that you would help us to choose faith over fear. Help us, Lord, to be sharers, not hoarders. And Father, help us to choose the good over the bad. In Jesus' name, amen.